your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 444 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And I just wanted to thank you guys right off the bat here for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today we are going to talk about what else the Rangers very impressive 6-2 victory against the New Jersey Devils in Madison Square Garden last night. Really just a complete game for the New York Rangers. They played basically a full 60 with the exception of maybe the second half of the first period. I thought the Rangers had the better of play throughout the entire night. I do also feel compelled to mention the fact right off the top of the show here that the Rangers were pretty much rolling with their A lineup. That is very, very similar to what you guys are going to see when the Rangers take the ice for the regular season opener against the Washington Capitals just six days from today. It's Thursday as I'm recording this. The Rangers will be in action in the regular season in just six days against the Caps. And whereas the Rangers went with their A lineup, the Devils, I would say, probably went with their B lineup. They certainly had some of their guys, you know, some of the guys that you are all familiar with and some of the guys that are certainly going to be out there on opening night. But I've been doing this throughout the preseason whenever we talk about these games. I've been kind of comparing and contrasting each team's approach in terms of who they dress and who plays in that game on any given night. And whereas the Rangers, in a recent game against the Boston Bruins, the Rangers beat the Bruins even though the Bruins had more of their regular guys on the ice than the Rangers did in that game. So that was a very, very impressive win for the Rangers for that reason alone against the Bruins. And in this case against the Devils, still a very impressive win. But I do have to be fair here. I do have to point out the fact that the Rangers had... Uh, quite a bit more of their regulars in the lineup than the Devils did. I, I think that's probably fair to say. And something else that happened in this game, for anybody who watched it, you're very well aware of this. And really, for anyone who didn't watch the game, you're probably aware of this as well. There was basically a night-long saga between P.K. Subban and the entire Ranger team. And there were about at least 10 different things that happened. Basically, P.K. Subban with a questionable uh, takedown of Ryan Reeves early in the first period. Reeves was hurt, did not return. It sounds like it's a fairly minor injury, so we can all exhale there because I think Ryan Reeves is really going to add a, a fun dimension to this Ranger team, that toughness and that physicality that we've all talked about. And we've all said that the Rangers need more of. But rather than go through this entire game and kind of pause every so often to go back to the Ryan Reeves, P.K. Subban, Chris Kreider, New York Ranger, New Jersey Devils saga, whatever you want to call it, however many parties you want to kind of include in the description of it. What I'd rather do is just kind of go through the entire timeline of everything that happened with Reeves, with Subban, with Kreider, and with everybody else in both of these teams throughout the night. So let's do that right here, right now, and then we'll get into some of the other uh, talking points of this game because this was a big storyline coming out of the game last night, and understandably so. Basically what happens, once again, for anybody who missed it or anybody who just wants to relive it here, it's the first period. Rangers are in the attacking zone. Ryan Reeves is out there. P.K. Subban is a is uh, approaching Reeves from behind. I almost said attacking. He was not attacking him. He was approaching Ryan Reeves from behind. And Reeves has his back to Subban. And Subban, his left leg is off the ground. And Subban's kind of cutting a little bit to his right to kind of go after the puck. And Subban's left skate 
hits the back of Ryan Reeves's right leg, and Reeves kind of falls backward. And Reeves, even though his right leg is the one that took the the brunt of the uh, the contact with Subban here, it was his left leg that kind of bent awkwardly backward. I mean, it really, this could have been a lot worse than it was. I think the Rangers and Ryan Reeves himself really dodged the bullet here, but he just fell so awkwardly. His left leg kind of bent underneath him and, you know, crawling around on the ice a little bit. It wasn't like screaming in pain or anything like that, but you could tell obviously it was bothering him. And then Jim Ramsey, the Ranger trainer, and Sammy Blay helped Reeves get off the ice, but Reeves wasn't putting any weight whatsoever on his leg, his left leg, the one that bent underneath him. And you know, Subban was, was trying to make nice initially because obviously the Rangers are concerned and they're all standing around him and trying to help him up. And, you know, what happened? You okay? All that good stuff. And Subban was in there too. But it was Subban who caused this injury. And I had a pretty similar take on what a lot of the announcers were saying, on what a lot of the players on the New York Rangers were saying after the game. I don't think Subban went in there with any malicious intent. I don't think Subban really has a reputation as being a dirty player. He is a complete pain in the butt to play against, and certainly he goes out there and tries to play mind games and tries to get in people's heads, throws his weight around, but that does not make him a dirty player. I don't think this makes him a dirty player either. I will somewhat generously give Subban the benefit of the doubt for everything that happened here. But by that same token, he injured one of our guys, and the Rangers did not like that. And when they went to a TV break, and when they came back, you know, Kreider was kind of drawing with Subban between, you know, during a play stoppage. And by then, obviously, Kreider and the rest of the Rangers had seen the replay as well. Uh, you know, Kreider and Subban were kind of barking back and forth at each other. But Subban was a marked man from that point on for the rest of this game for this New York Ranger team. There was an instance just after this where Subban had the puck in the Rangers zone in the corner and Fox just absolutely blasted him into the corner. We don't really see Adam Fox dish out a ton of big hits. I mean, he's a fantastic defenseman all the way around, but we don't see those bone jarring hits. He pretty much unloaded on Subban on this one. Pretty sure he knocked him down to the ice. And then just after this, it might have been even later in this same shift here, but the puck is behind the devil net and Strom is in there on the forecheck as is Panarin. And Ryan Strom and Panarin, I mean, again, these are not guys that are known for putting bone-jarring hits on people, but Strom put a pretty good hit on Subban behind the devil's net, and immediately after that, Strom got him again along with Panarin. They basically both hit him at the same time. Strom was called for high-sticking, and I don't even care. Usually, I get on the Rangers for these unnecessary and somewhat undisciplined offensive zone penalties, but the bottom line is this is a preseason game and the Rangers have to respond to what Subban did. Even if you don't believe there was any malicious intent and even if you don't believe that he was truly trying to hurt Ryan Reeves, and I would agree with those sentiments, but you still, there's got to be some kind of a response there. You know, you took out one of our guys, so we're coming after you the rest of the game. So Strom takes the penalty uh, for an offensive zone penalty. I really don't mind that one too much for all the reasons that I just mentioned. And then Reeves is ruled out of the game uh, a little bit later in the first period. They they announced that he's not going to be coming back. It was pretty late in the first period, probably about two or three minutes to go at that point. Then we had Jared Tenorti. There was a face-off in the Devils zone with about one second remaining. And, you know, the puck drops, the clock runs out, whatever. Tenorti goes after Subban and is kind of jawing with him a little bit. And, you know, I would just imagine that Subban wants no piece of Jared Tenorti. I don't think there are too many people in the league who want a piece of Jared Tenorti. So then we get to the second period. I told you there was a lot here. We got to go through the entire timeline, though, so that I can uh, give this an honest assessment and uh, just kind of share my thoughts on everything that happened. We go to the second period. Puck drops. Kreider and Subban are both on the ice. Kreider immediately makes a beeline for P.K. Subban, drops his gloves. Uh, he wants to fight. He, wa he wants to make this thing happen here. And Subban absolutely refuses to drop the gloves, absolutely refuses to engage Chris Kreider. I had more of an issue with Subban with this than I did with him injuring Ryan Reeves because the stuff with Reeves, again, 
little bit of gray area. I would stop short of calling it a dirty play. I would stop short of calling P.K. Subban a dirty player. But here's an instance where Kreider wants to fight him. Subban has to oblige here. You know, this is not Subban having to take on uh, Sammy Blay or Jared Tenorti or Ryan Reeves himself, you know, one of the real true heavyweights on the New York Rangers. This is Chris Kreider, and Kreider's a big guy, don't get me wrong, but to me, this feels like a pretty evenly uh, matched fight here. Kreider's not known for fighting. He'll do it when the occasion calls for it, like in this game last night, but Subban, at this point, you gotta face the music, man. Drop the gloves, and then this whole thing can be over with. You know, you throw a couple punches, you take a couple punches, you go and sit down for five minutes, and the whole thing is over. Uh, instead, he just refuses to drop his gloves, and, and Kreider's not going to sucker punch somebody that has his hands down and doesn't want to fight, but Kreider's basically like, he's got his like his two hands on, on Subban's jersey, and he's shaking him back and forth, and he's, you know, obviously talking trash to him. I, I can only imagine what was being said there, but Subban won't fight, so Kreider gets 12 minutes worth of penalty minutes, the two minutes plus the 10-minute misconduct, and uh, Subban also gets two minutes for, for this whole thing here. So, we go to the start of the third period, and now Subban, for one reason or another, decides, okay, yeah, I'm willing to fight Chris Kreider. And we will continue with the timeline of everything that happened with P.K. Subban in just a second. We'll talk about some other uh, things that happened with the Rangers. I thought Sammy Blay had a really nice night for this team. Obviously, Adam Fox and Mika Zibanejad looking up for a couple of goals. So we'll get into all that in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey, Ranger fans, this is John Chick with an incredible app for everyone who buys gas that needs to know about this. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code HOCKEY and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code HOCKEY. All right, so to kind of put a bow on this whole saga with P.K. Subban last night, the third period starts, and for one reason or another, once again, Subban decides that this time he's ready to fight Kreider at the start of a new period, and he goes after him, and they grab each other, but unfortunately, they both fall to the ice really fast, so it really wasn't much of a fight. Uh, they get out of the penalty box five minutes later. They sort of come together again, but they do not fight, but then 
There was a big scrum in the corner, I believe, on the Rangers' side of the ice. By this point, Subban was on the bench, and I believe Kreider was as well. But more, uh, excuse me, Mason Geertsen was involved in this for the Devils. Geertsen was with the Rangers last season, didn't actually play for the NHL Rangers, but he was with the AHL Hartford Wolfpack. And he's someone who is still looking to make his NHL debut, but he's somebody who has gained a little bit of a cult following for being, you know, a big-time brawler in the AHL. So with all this going on, you had a feeling he was probably going to get involved with this, somebody who's trying to make an impact and make the team. And for Geertsen, that's probably one of the best ways to do it. But basically... The play stopped, and Geertsen was going to go after Lindgren. And Lindgren had his back turned, and Strom, credit to him, he saw what was happening, and he kind of hooked Geertsen on his way toward Lindgren. So Geertsen ends up getting a penalty here, but, you know, Strom and Geertsen, there was, a, there was a big scrum in the corner. Everybody's pushing and shoving. Strom and Geertsen kind of came together for a second. And then later in the game, uh, Subban gets a 10-minute misconduct. He came out of the ice during a play stoppage and bumped into Truba. 10-minute uh, misconduct, and he's gone for the rest of the game. But I don't really know what happened there. That, that was kind of a weird instance. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much concludes what was a pretty wild night. But to kind of, once again, just kind of conclude all my thoughts on this, I really don't think that Subban was intentionally trying to hurt Ryan Reeves, I think it was a really careless play, and he's got to know better, but I don't have any issues whatsoever with the Rangers responding because you took out one of our guys with something that looked pretty questionable. We're going to have to come after you, and uh, credit to the Rangers for doing that. Credit to Chris Kreider for doing that. And another reason I don't think that Subban did this on purpose is because if he doesn't want to fight Chris Kreider, then he wants no part of Ryan Reeves. And, and you know, we saw Subban in the second period there refuse to drop the gloves when Chris Kreider came after him. And he does, this is not somebody who wants Ryan Reeves angry with him, clearly. So, uh, again, I don't think there was any malicious intent, but I guess we'll keep our eyes on P.K. Subban going forward. I think that's fair to say as well. Uh, something else that comes out of this whole situation is, does this mean that Chris Kreider is going to be the next captain of the New York Rangers? Is that a decision that has already been made? Uh, Travis reached out to me on Twitter. He responded to one of my tweets last night, and he mentioned the fact that, you know, the Rangers might already know. Chris Kreider might already know that he's going to be the next captain of this team and that he was out there being the captain, acting as the Ranger captain, with or without a C on his jersey. But I think that's an excellent point. It's, it's very possible that the Rangers, uh, Kreider specifically, have already been told that he will be the next captain of this team. Or if it's not Kreider, they might have already been told that, you know, it's Truba or it's somebody else. I think, though, looking at everything that happened last night, certainly Kreider, if he was not already the frontrunner for Ranger captain, and if he has not already been informed that he will be the next captain of the New York Rangers, I think he pretty much just went out there and took it last night. Uh, again, he's a very strong candidate to begin with, and certainly acting like the New York Ranger captain sticking up for one of his teammates last night. And I think it also reflects very well on Ryan Reeves, because we've seen Reeves a couple of times in this preseason here kind of stick his nose in there and watch out for some of his young teammates and kind of just let opponents know, hey, you want him? You got to go through me kind of thing. And so that's cool. It was cool to see so many different Rangers come to Ryan Reeves' aid and, and kind of stand up for him as this game went on. Clearly, he's somebody who has made a very positive impression in a very short time in that New York Ranger locker room. So great stuff all around for the Rangers. Now, shall we go to the rest of this game? Shall we talk about uh, the Rangers scoring six goals? Shall we talk about Adam Fox once again looking like the best defenseman in hockey? Should we talk about Sammy Blay having a big night? Yeah, let's do all of that. So the Rangers take a one nothing lead early in this game. It was the first of two times on the night that Adam Fox basically put it on a tee for Mika Zibanejad. Fox there was a, just a lot of great passing here. So you could kind of feel this goal coming as the play was developing. Three really long passes in a row. You had Kreider from the blue line passing to his right to Ke'Andre Miller. Miller with a great pass all the way back across the ice to Adam Fox. 
and Fox sees Mika in deep, puts it right on a tee for him. You or Mika to score on this one, and uh, Mika tips it in from the doorstep, one nothing. And also, let me just take another quick pause here to congratulate Mika Zibanejad on already being named to Team Sweden's Olympic hockey team. The Olympics will, of course, happen in February. The NHL will go on pause for three weeks during that time, but that's really, really cool. Mika Zibanejad doesn't even need to uh, build his resume, uh, according to the decision makers for Team Sweden over there. They already uh, know that he's going to be part of this team and that he 100% deserves it, and they're absolutely right, and it will be Mika Zibanejad's first venture to the Olympics representing Sweden. Definitely looking forward to that. That's going to be a ton of fun as well. And the Rangers just had a heck of a second period in general. They score. They're, they're up one nothing going into the second, and they win the second period 4-1. They take a 5-1 lead into the third period. But again, just excellent stuff by the Rangers here. The, the game got away from them a little bit toward the end of the first period, but they came out uh, right a rock in the second. And Capo Caco makes the score 2 to nothing. McLeod fell down near the Devil Blue Line, and Caco steals the puck, goes in strong on a breakaway, and scores. And what was great about this, you know, I know a lot of Ranger fans were pretty unhappy with Subban last night, but Subban was trailing Caco on the play and looked like he would close on him, and Caco just exploded by him, and Subban basically fell on his face trying to catch up to Capo Caco. Caco goes 5-hole, makes it 2 to nothing, Rangers, and really nice to see Capo Caco converting on his scoring chance here. You know, somebody, you'd, you'd take somebody first or second, and overall, like with Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, nobody's going to bat a 1,000 on breakaways, but you want to see guys like that that are as tremendously skilled as Caco and Lafreniere are. You want to see them finish these opportunities and score on breakaways. And Capo Caco, we saw him, the Rangers didn't have too many shootout games last season. I think they only had three, but we saw him convert on a shootout opportunity. I'm wondering if maybe Caco could be in the mix for that again this season. You got to figure Panarin and Zibanejad are going to be two of the three, but Caco could certainly be in line to be that third guy in the uh, shootouts whenever a shootout occurs. And the Rangers end up making a three to nothing. They get on a power play. You've got Mika, Blay, Panarin, Fox, and Strom on the power play. I think Kreider certainly would have been out there. This is his group, but he was at this time out of the game serving that 10-minute misconduct. But it is interesting to know that Sammy Blay could maybe be in the mix to see some time on the power play. We've seen him throughout the preseason get some time on the man advantage. Maybe he makes his way onto that second power play unit when the regular season starts. He's not hurting his chances, that's for sure, because he's had himself a heck of a preseason here. But the Rangers, once again, they make it 3 nothing. Blay almost set up Strom for a goal. Strom put it off the post, but then Blay draws another penalty on the Devils. He draws a tripping penalty, and the Rangers are up 5 on 3. You get a pass from Fox to Mika. Mika scores from a really sharp angle, 3 to nothing. Rangers. Uh, Nils Lundqvist was out there on the power play as well, but Adam Fox is just unreal. I mean, I, I you run out of adjectives to describe this guy, but he's got the puck on the power play, 5 on 3. You know, he's basically surveying the landscape. He's 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 checking his options, and his ice vision is just so good. He had a couple of different ways he could go. Lafreniere was open as well, but he goes cross-ice to Mika Zibanejad, and uh, credit to Mika here, scoring, scoring from a very sharp angle and making the score 3 to nothing. Uh, the Devils, they score a really nice goal. There was some really good puck movement here. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap. They make it 3-1. to one. But then we get Sammy Blake continuing his really strong night. Strong drive to the net, getting toward the end of the second period here. And scores unassisted, makes it 4-1 to one Rangers. And then Barclay Goodrow 
on, uh, again, kind of just uh, a play where the Rangers outwork their opponents. He scores 20 seconds later, makes it 5-1, to one, and Blay once again was involved there. He was in the crease in front of the goalie when Goudreau scored. And we will go ahead and get to some closing thoughts on what was, once again, a very, very impressive 6-2 to win for the New York Rangers in their second-to-last game of the preseason. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, so the third period, if there was a low light of the night for the Rangers, and this is a pretty big nitpick because, again, this was a very complete performance in a solid full 60 minutes for the blue shirts, but I would say that if there was one nitpick that you could have and something that you could point to here, it was the goal by Studenik that made the score 5-2 to two in favor of the Rangers. This was about midway through the third period. There was an offensive zone draw for the Devils, and a lot of Rangers just kind of reaching for the puck on this play. Nobody really took the body, and they kind of got outworked for one of the only times on the night, but the Devils scored. That made it 5-2, to two. but then just about 20 seconds later or so, we get Ryan Strom passing from behind the Devil net to Artemi Panarin in, in front, and Panarin banks the puck off the far post and into the net. I mean, knowing Panarin, he probably aimed right for the inside of the post there and put it right off of it and into the net. But yeah, I mean, good stuff. And as I tweeted, every goal between Panarin and Strom where one of them sets up the other, it's just a work of art and it's just a beautiful thing to see. So that was really cool. Uh, As far as any other kind of closing thoughts here from this game. So the Rangers, again, we talked about Ryan Reeves quite a bit today. And it sounds like they're not too concerned about it being a long-term thing. But Vitaly Kravtsov did not play in this game last night, and Ryan Reeves exited this game early. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the Rangers' plan B on opening night if either or both of these players cannot play. And it sounds like the Rangers believe that they're both going to be ready to go. I mean, they haven't said that definitively or 100%, but... Uh, when they're asked about this, when Gallant's asked about one or both of these players, he seems to take a pretty positive uh, stance on it and seems to believe that they should be pretty much ready to go. If Kravtsov can't play, I'd like to see the Rangers give Julian Gauthier uh, a chance on his line on the third line there, along with Philip Hedl and Barclay Goodrow. Gauthier, I thought, in this game last night, played pretty good, but it was just more the same with him. I mean, you could pretty much copy and paste anything that I've said about Julian Gauthier over the two years or so of this podcast, and it pretty much applies last night. He looks dangerous at times. He looks good, but he just can't finish. He seems to be a little bit snake-bitten. There seem to be a couple instances where he goes into the zone, and he's got a, a burst of speed, and he can get past the defenseman, 
but he tries to angle toward the net, and he just can't quite do it. The defenseman will kind of steer him away. We saw that a couple of times in this game last night as well. Uh, there was a play. This was a great play that Gautier made near the end of the first period. The Devils were having some issues. They were in their own zone, and they were trying to move the puck, but Gautier went in there. He stole it away, and when Gautier stole the puck, he kind of had his back to the net, so he passed back to Philip Hedel, who was coming toward the net with a full head of steam, and I think Hedel, either the save was made or blocked or something, or it got shot wide. I don't remember exactly what happened there, but the bottom line, Julian Gauthier making a big-time play there and setting up the Rangers with a scoring opportunity, and you know, overall, he, he had a chance to score later in this game as well. I believe it was it was Blay, you know, Blay again, continuing his big night. Blay had the puck and sent a pass, you know, across the ice in deep to Julian Gauthier. Gauthier had a shot at a tipping goal, could not quite put it home. So again, you know, there, there's times where he really does look dangerous and you think you're going to start getting a little bit more out of Julian Gauthier. And for one reason or another, it just has not happened, at least not at the NHL level. But if Kravtsov can't go, I would like to see Julian Gauthier get a chance out there on opening night. He's been with the Rangers for a little while. Give him an opportunity. You know, he's out there with Filipino and Barclay Goodrow. He's got good guys on his line. Maybe he can make something happen. I said not too long ago, Julian Gauthier needs a moment for the New York Rangers. He needs a big goal in a big spot. Well, how about maybe the first goal of the season going to Julian Gauthier? How cool would that be? Somebody that you didn't even think was going to be out there on opening night. And again, this all rests on whether or not Vitaly Kravtsov is able to play on opening night, which it sounds like he probably will be, and fingers crossed, I do hope that he's out there. Kravtsov is kind of my dark horse this year as somebody that could really break out for the New York Rangers. But if he can't go, yeah, let me see, uh, let me see Gauthier get the opportunity. And then you have Ryan Reeves, and again, it sounds like the Rangers feel pretty confident that this is a fairly minor injury, but if he's not able to go on opening night, then it begs the question of who steps in for him. I'm going to go a little bit against the grain here. I'm going to go with Jared Tenorti, and I realize Jared Tenorti is a defenseman and Ryan Reeves is a forward, but I think you can go ahead and go with 11 forwards against the Washington Capitals and seven defensemen. And listen, you guys know what happened between the Rangers and Capitals last year. I don't need to go through the entire timeline and rehash all that stuff, but... Tenorti is somebody who, even without an injury to Reeves, and even if the Rangers were only going to go with six defense, and a little bit of a dark horse, I would say, Jared Tenorti to be in the lineup anyway, just given the fact that emotions run so high when the Rangers and Capitals play each other, and there were a whole bunch of shenanigans between these two teams last season, even before everything that happened with Tom Wilson. These were chippy, nasty games. So I think Jared Tenorti would have had a chance to be in the starting lineup anyway, but if Ryan Reeves can't go... I realize, again, they play different positions, but Jared Tenorti steps in as that tough guy and that enforcer and somebody that can kind of keep the Capitals at bay and who knows, maybe even drop the gloves and get into a fight at some point in that game. That's going to be a very emotional, uh, very intense game between the Rangers and Capitals. And if Reeves isn't there, give me Jared Tenorti as a seventh defenseman and just roll with 11 forwards. And then there are two stats that I'm going to be monitoring very carefully as this season progresses here. One of them is face-off wins. One of them is hits. And the Rangers, once again, out-hitting their opponent last night. The Rangers put 36 hits on the Devils. The Devils put just 31 hits on the Rangers. So it's fairly close, uh, but this is a stat that I don't think the Rangers won very often last season. And then there's a stat in face-off wins that I know they didn't win very often last season, but they won that one last night as two, albeit by a very small margin. The Rangers won 51% of the draws. The Devils won 49%. But still very, very nice to see the Rangers making strides in both of those areas. And like I said, two stats that are very important, especially face-off wins. You guys know I'm a big face-off win guy, and I'm going to be monitoring both of these as the season goes. And hopefully the Rangers can kind of flip the script there because they have not had the advantage in those two stats very often over the past couple of seasons here. And Igor Shesterkin, you know, we didn't even mention him, but he started this game, played the full 60 minutes, which was the plan going in. I thought he was really, really solid, stopped 32 of a possible 34 shots. 
He didn't get a lot of help on the second goal that the Devils scored. And on the first one, uh, again, there was some really excellent passing by the Devils there. Not a whole lot that he could do on that one. So a really, really strong performance by Igor Shesterkin. The Devils got a couple of power play opportunities, and uh, he was very strong there. Made a couple of really nice saves through traffic. Had a sliding save or two that were really impressive in this game as well. So Igor Shesterkin looks locked and loaded and ready to go for opening night. The Rangers have already announced that it will be Alex Georgiev starting the preseason finale against the Islanders in Bridgeport on Saturday and that he is expected to play the full 60. I will be attending that game, be sitting in the second row, lucky enough to get second row tickets. So anybody that's going to be there, uh, DM me on Twitter. DM the uh, Locked On Rangers Twitter, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Let me know if you're going to be there. Come say hi. Uh, I'll wear some Locked On gear, so I'll be easy to find, and it uh, should be a good time. Definitely looking forward to taking in uh, the preseason finale there between the Rangers and the Islanders. And then the only other bit of news, once again, we've got our Locked On New York Rangers fantasy hockey draft set for this Sunday, October 10th, I believe that is for 8 p.m. Eastern time. Really looking forward to that. Talking to some of you guys in the draft room chat and uh, yeah, having ourselves a heck of a fantasy hockey season. And then one last thing I want to mention quick at the end here before we call it a day is the ongoing battle between Niels Lundqvist and Zach Jones for that sixth and final defenseman spot. Lundqvist was solid last night. A little bit of a mixed bag. One thing that really impressed me, he put a heck of a hit on Mason Gearson behind the Ranger net. Somehow, Lundqvist did not get credited with a hit on this play, even though he knocked a really big guy down to the ice. Uh, that was obviously nice to see, uh, but he was not credited with any hits in the NHL.com box score. Uh, he did have one negative play that, you know, might cause some eyebrows to go up among the coaching staff, among Ranger fans, whatever it might be. He's a young defenseman. I mean, mistakes are going to happen from time to time, but the Rangers were on the power play and he was behind the Ranger net. And I don't know if there was just some miscommunication or what, but basically uh, he tried to bring the puck in front of the Ranger net, turn the puck over. Devils got a shorthanded scoring opportunity out of it. Igor Shesterkin turned it aside, uh, but not a banner moment there for, uh, for Niels Lundqvist. But you know what? Overall, I think he's had a pretty strong preseason and he certainly deserves to be in the mix for that sixth and final spot and we will just have to wait and see how it goes it's going to come down to him or Zach Jones making making that opening night roster for the New York Rangers but that'll pretty much do it for today guys once again if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com once again that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com and definitely give us a follow on twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be continuing our best and worst case scenarios for the New York Rangers every single player going into this upcoming season, and we will continue with the goalies. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.